Petersfield's Shine Radio. Growing Together with Anne-Marie Powell and Claire Dennis. Thank you for joining us in Growing Together. I'm Claire Venice and I'm with the award-winning garden designer, <laughs> Anne-Marie Powell. Hello, Anne-Marie. Hello, Claire. It's been a while. It has. Yes, we've had a little bit of a break. You've been extremely busy, Anne-Marie, yeah, haven't you? I have been very busy. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, the most amazing thing, Chelsea in September for the first time ever and forever. There's never going to be another one. So we were fortunate enough to be building a trade stand up there, but a big trade stand, bigger than a lot of the show gardens up there for Gaze Burville, who are just around the corner in Alton. And we picked up a hat trick, which has never, ever happened to trade stand before and since 1913 when the show first began That's over the moon brilliant congratulations that's yeah. fantastic yeah really it was obviously good. a very successful chelsea show for you yeah it was i mean like all things if i'm going to do something i throw myself into it so yeah it's been a while since i've done a show garden or a garden at show so and the last one was in 2018 and i've really noticed the difference you know as i'm getting older and the stamina it takes because I'm not a pointer. I get in there and I'm there first and I leave last. And um, yeah, you've got to be able to kind of put the plants where you want them because you can't expect anyone else to do it. It can't see through your eyes, can they, in your head. So it's physically demanding. And um, yeah, so we got five stars, best trade stand. And we got the Director General's Award, which is amazing because she just, it's not an, an annual thing. She gives it to gardens where she feels like she wants to because they've, you know, she has an affinity with them or they, she feels they've gone an ex, the extra mile or, or whatever, for whatever reason she feels. So to be bestowed that, that's a proper honour. I mean, I was really amazed. And to our trade stand as well. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Oh, I'm so pleased. I'm so pleased because it was exciting to get back into show. You were talking about that when we last met. And, you know, I was really looking forward to hearing what happened at the show and for you to come out with with these awards i'm so pleased you, Henry. congratulations <laughs> oh, that's you. great to hear well no, deserved so good well deserved. yeah it's brilliant and it was such fun to work with local people and simon and caroline burville i know anyway they're friends but but also arthur parkinson who's this up-and-coming young florist and gardener who he was just extraordinary actually he went down to perch hill which is sarah raven's garden her own personal space and just brought back armfuls of flowers that he arranged in some sarah raven jewel vases and and various other kind of pots and vases for arrangements and honestly the energy of him to go down there on the train he doesn't drive can't drive so he'd go on the train and bring all these back on the train he was carrying all the flowers back all on the, the armfuls <laughs> oh, of flowers and then we would you know he would snip 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 we'd put the, do the arrangements again to refresh them because he didn't want anything but the absolute best of his arrangements to be on show for for everybody to enjoy and i think everybody loved it actually how amazing yeah did he manage to make them last the entire time or did he have to make that trip a few times oh he went there four times oh my goodness backwards and forwards in the seven days the show was open <laughs> yeah so that's dedication yeah. isn't it yeah but that's what it's all about and i think you know i know that we're preaching to the converted here if you like gardening you have no choice 
do you? No. It's yeah. you have to do it. So it's it's non-negotiable. And it's the same with my work and Arthur's work. And if you're involved in it professionally, then you properly are allowed to have the green light to just do it 24 hours a day. <laughs> and I think that's what a lot of us do. So it was nice to be recognised that I've been doing that for a long time. Mm. <laughs> so it was, it was really wonderful. So grateful. And you've also just won a couple of awards <laughs> at the Garden Media Guild. Oh, I feel like a show off. Really? Yeah, we won six awards in the last month. Brilliant. Unbelievable. Brilliant. I can't believe it. Well, you're making up for lost time, I know. So, <laughs> it's just <laughs> incredible. We were honoured with uh, top 50 garden designers in the country by House and Garden magazine. And out of the thousands that there are, they chose us, my practice and I to be one of the top 50 in the UK. And then we won the best international UK commercial landscape or garden for our work at Sopar House in the Society of Garden Designers Awards, actually. So that's being judged by your peers, which is amazing. From the judges there, all of whom I really admire. And, um, and we also won the best hardscape detailing. So that's really great. You know, that's how all of the elements will go together. You know, the details of a step staircase and lighting schemes, irrigation, all the things that are, are beyond and, and sort of different from the plants. But without them, without those structures, you would have no plants to throw a cloak over all of the bones of that, that landscape or garden. So, yeah, super pleased. Thanks. Amazing month you've had. Amazing yeah. what you've had. Quite tiring. How... Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> <As> well. <laughs> oh, that's celebrating, Amory, for a start. It, you know, it is that, a lot of it. So a lot of celebrating. But, um, yeah, you've got to celebrate it, haven't you? Yeah, so, absolutely. And it's so marvellous after not being able to celebrate much. <laughs> this year has been phenomenal with the book and, and the awards and Wisley opening Honestly, I, it's unbelievable, incredible. I remember speaking to you when we started this podcast last year, you know, and we were just coming out of the first lockdown and we went into a second lockdown in January earlier on this year. It's a hard, hard year. And for you to come out of that and be in this place now, you know, fantastic. And that goes to say for everybody, you know, who's been in their garden and toiling away and, and getting the results, hopefully, that you want as a result of all that dedication. I agree. I think a lot of us have been through a hard time. Some people are still going through a hard time. But, um, you know, as we've said so many times, our gardens have kept us going, haven't they? And, and that's the thing. When, whatever you're doing in your garden, you're investing in your future self and the future of the environment. It's just such a wonderful thing to have the opportunity to be able to do. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> well, it comes through. I still love through. it. And I love the gardening as well. So it's not just the design. I just eat, sleep, drink, repeat gardens. Mm. Well, we're sitting in your garden now. It's evening. It's getting dark because, of course, we're heading into autumn, winter. And, I, you know, some beautiful flowers still in bloom. Cosmos is in flower. You've got some lovely little hanging baskets that are ready to go out. There's a lot to do now. Mm. <laughs> it really is. So, and because I've been away quite a lot and not here as much as I would have liked, I can see it. But do you know what? I'm not going to. Last year, I think I was almost manically gardening like right even though I haven't got a greenhouse I'm going to sow as much hardy annual seed as I possibly can so right I'm going to do this I'm going to do and it was it was it was good actually to be able to do that and harness that hope that future hope but this year I'm going to try 
and relax a little bit with it. But there's there's tons to do. I mean, I don't know if our listeners have brought their pelargoniums in yet or their dahlias. I've still got loads out here. I've really enjoyed Ashby this year on the pelargonium front and um, mystery there. So and Lord Butte and and loads of things like you're saying the cosmos. That's cosmos rubenza, gorgeous taffeta sort of colour changing cosmos. They're still flowering and only just getting into flower here. Yeah, yeah same here at home. Yeah. So many buds still on my cosmos in the garden. And I keep on checking the frost reports and we're not sort of forecast it, generally speaking, until well into November, actually. And I think loads of things are only just coming into their stride because we've had hardly any light and a wet, dismal summer. But we've had all this warmth and light of October, which has just allowed the late summer flowering perennials and those things that, you know, like the pelargoniums, like, like the dahlias. I mean, goodness me they took their while coming didn't mm. they they've only just really got into their stride that's made october even more special but we need to start thinking about putting some of these things to sleep indoors for a bit and then you know thinking about how are we going to make spring extra special yes i suppose not to get caught out by this nice weather that we've had in october and suddenly everything gets frosty and horrible so like overnight it could yeah. happen yeah. it really could i have plans i've already started doing some things i've i've got some pots here that i've already put there's some little iris reticulatas in there and some some muscaris and i've got my little violas on the top because they keep me feeling really happy these are unusual and different for me this is strawberries and cream which is like a kind of ruby strawberry red and not too violently kind of scarlet with a kind of buttery yellow because last year my violas my little pansies they really kept me sort of happy and smiling because you smile at them and it looks like they're smiling right back so I've done that already and I'm going to take the pelargoniums in I'm going to take cuttings of those Claire oh why you now I'm always intrigued by this because this is an area I don't feel confident about and I think I might have mentioned it last year and I still don't feel confident about it well it's the first year I've grown pelargoniums for myself I've never ever grown them before and I got them from Fibrex Nurseries, which is the Pelagonian place to get them from. And um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to lift them because I don't have a greenhouse. Now, if you do have a greenhouse, you can literally just lift the whole pot and pop it in there. But I don't. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to lift each quite mature plant and I'm going to repot it. I'm going to take off the old compost and put it into new dry compost. And then I will reduce the size of all of my plants to about half and take all the leaves off and then I'll keep them really dry throughout the whole of the winter, ready to bring back out again and repot. But all of that cutting that I do, you're gonna end up with these gorgeous little spurs that you can use to cut as cuttings and they will reward you with plants as soon as they start growing properly come the spring. So all you do is with your little trimmings is underneath the leaf node on the stem where the leaf attaches to the main stalk if you like you just cut it right underneath there and then strip all the leaves off take the growing tip out because you don't want it to get really straggly and then it's just some well free draining compost in a pot and just use a pencil to just pop all of your little slips that's what they're called in the trade all the way around the edges and just leave them be little spray of water because there's got there's water in the compost and that's it really they okay. like the victorians i understand they used to dig up their peliconiums and then they just take all the soil from their roots wrap them up in newspaper and then shove them under their beds until the spring really so um, bare root bare root yeah, then, 
sleep. Yeah, <laughs> under the bed. So quite, but I wouldn't do that. I think they need a little bit more care than that. Bit, to be bit honest. Smelly after all. Yeah, and well, well, they wouldn't we rot. No. It might be really nice if you were putting your slippers under there. <laughs> if they knocked some of the foliage that's coming. So pelagones, of course, have got that gorgeous aromatic leaf, haven't yeah. they? Maybe so that's might, why they did it. Maybe that's why they did it. Because let's face it, they didn't bath that often, did they? No. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, we'll have bigger pelagonian plants next year from the parent plants and then and i understand that they will flower better in their second year so and then lots of little babies that i can you know give away have them everywhere etc and i'll do the same with my dahlias because they need taking up and that's going to hurt when i literally cut them back mm. to tubers but i need the space for bulbs where do you keep your dahlia tubers well i put them actually in big racks black racks but all my bulbs have just arrived today at the studio at work and, and I order a lot, as you know. Yeah. I said last year, I think I ordered like 3,000, two and a half or 3,000. And I said, I'm not doing that again this year. But what have I done? <laughs> Go on, how many? I think it is about two and a half thousand Good again. Lord. So, <laughs> What varieties have you chosen? Oh gosh, there's a huge mix of them. I've gone larger with daffodils actually this year, which I'm going to plant in the front garden. So there are some lovely daffodils like Regeneration and Pippet that I'm super excited about. I hope that I remembered because I ordered these weeks ago, not months ago, which I should have done, but weeks because that would have been better. But thankfully, I haven't had any substitutes but I'm going to put some crocus all the way around my lawn so in the grass so I'm hoping that I haven't forgotten to do that that's funny you should say that I'm going to put some at the base of my apple trees right. which are on the lawn I meant to do it last year and I didn't and I regretted it and I thought no I must do it this year yeah that's I think interesting it's, you're doing it's that. only like half an hour really if you, and it's, if you just take a dibber or mm. a trowel and just in, in a lawn you can just cut it open and it's just like you're opening an envelope almost just opening up the soil and pop them in and it will really get a little bit of a lovely pool of gorgeousness, won't it? Before your apple trees start to spring into life. Yeah, so. absolutely. So you're going to dot them around your... On, Completely on the around the, the edge. Oh, at the edge? Yeah, oh, around the edge, I think. So just to kind of... Because I have... I'm, I'm quite excited to see because I hadn't... My garden is split level. So that we've got one outside the kitchen, which is much higher, and then steps leading down to the lawn area. And I've got a circular lawn. And I'm interested to see... I did plant hundreds of tulips in the borders last year and I'm interested to see if they will come out again I'm, I'm just thinking it'd be nice to transition with some flower from the crocus up into the height of the tulips and this year I'm gonna I've tasked myself with trying to get further back into the border with the tulips because of course I'm lucky that I've got loads of really tall miscanthus and eupatorium and calamagrostases and all these lovely herbaceous grasses that are just really super high as tall as me at least 1.8 meters but I'm gonna try and sneak in there and just see if I can get my tulips further back because actually they don't need to just be at the front because they're small but nothing else is out mm, so absolutely. and mm. I think I made a mistake where I just sort of kept them to the edge or maybe I was just tired and thought I can't struggle towards <laughs> the back of my deepest border so I'm going to try and go right back to the, the, the sort of widest point of my deepest border so that we've got a bit more interest across it Lovely. rather than just at the front yeah I can see that definitely that's, that's the nice. plan yeah, <laughs> find a few weekends to do that then. <laughs> do you know, it's quicker than you think, bulb planting. It really is. And, and once you get stuck into it, it's not quite so time-consuming and laborious as you think it might be. All you need is one of those little bulb planter... I don't know what they're called. Yeah, I'm not such a fan of do those. Do you not use those? So, no, I don't. I use my trowel because... 
the bulb they take out a core of soil don't they, they do, and yeah. then and then you end up with loads of kind of cores littered around the place so this oh so i just prefer to just kind of get the trowel in and then squeeze it back so you kind of ratchet it and drop your drop your bulb in okay. unless it's okay. a massive one you know so some bulbs are, are really huge aren't they obviously they need to be dug out with a spade that's I'm, exciting I am excited yeah. about it. I've taken some time off work to do it, though, so feeling a bit smug <laughs> that I've got organised in that way. Like you said, it doesn't take that long. So just to find those little pockets of moments, half an hour, you know, if you can just pop out and do a little bit, it is so worth it in the depths of winter and to see that lovely pop of colour. It really is worth it. Yeah. I like to garden all the way through the winter, so there are jobs that you can still be doing, aren't there? Yeah. I mean, I'm looking yeah. forward to this. I'm so sad. I'm looking forward to turning my compost heap that's a job that's on the list and that's a job for a really nice cold day isn't it because you know that I have my winter gardening wardrobe as well well I was gonna say <laughs> it's a chance to get the woolies out <laughs> it is your hats your scarves your yeah. gloves I'm sure you're the same yeah. so on a nice crisp winter day nothing better is there with a clear blue sky no, absolutely right so I won't do it in the pouring rain when it's really horrendous but you know, I like to be outside, just breathing in that air. It's just it does delicious. clear your head, doesn't it? It really, really does. Really does. Yeah. So, and then you get to appreciate what is actually in the garden. Because, do you clear a lot of your perennials, or do you leave them to stand? Well, I tend to leave them to stand now. I used to clear them, but you were saying, I remember last year, leave them because, well, for a number of reasons, they're nice to see, and the seed heads are lovely, but also to, to leave it for the wildlife. It's very important to leave it there, so I leave them now. And they look good, don't they? And there comes a point where you just think, right, that's it. I've got that's blown, <laughs> completely blown over, snapped, and it looks messy. But then you can pretty much take a lot of it with your hands, can't yeah. you? Yeah, I agree with you. It's perfect material for nesting and things to come this spring for birds. And it is habitat. So wildlife and pollinators and, and overwintering bees, it's places for them to hide out. They're, they're not going to come and sit right in the middle of your lawn. Mm. It kind of creates that biodiverse ecosystem the garden which you know I'm as you know I'm a huge fan of and that so, was something that was also touched on at Chelsea wasn't it it was quite a topic at Chelsea what did you take from Chelsea this year there is a huge hunger for gardens still I mean we've got three million new gardeners in this country as a result of lockdown that's the stats from the IHS I love show it's really different from gardening you're making a stage set just this coming together where gardeners can come and just look at the newest plants, admire the nurseries and, and sort of exchange ideas. It really is the catwalk that sort of sets the tone for, for people in the way that they garden and the plants they grow. So for me, I mean, I've been gardening for pollinators and colour for years, but to see at last kind of loads of other people doing it, but also the general public being super interested in it, it's just lovely feels like oh my goodness this is actually happening and I think that is a result of lockdown that we've all been through this thing and we've all appreciated the small visitors to our gardens that we've enjoyed and it's it's just a wonder that we are actually starting to value what we have within our world now it'd just be nice if government really valued it too to help us with environmental issues so yeah so hopefully all of us gardeners kind of showcasing things like that i mean mary louise adris is a great friend of mine had the cop 26 garden there really showed the bad things that you might be doing in your garden or within landscapes towns and urban regeneration projects and the like so all the things that perhaps are not such a good idea and the good so there was a lot of discussion about that and well-being and yeah, it's just a fabulous kind of cornucopia of everything. And yeah, I love it. 
<laughs> but it's interesting what comes out of it. Like you were saying, you know, with more emphasis on wildlife and meadows and rewilding. Now, those are words that now we're starting to become more and more familiar with and want to try and do ourselves in our own little ways in our own gardens if we possibly yeah. can. Yeah, absolutely. And actually yesterday, have you heard of Nep Castle and yeah. Isabella Trees? She's not so far away. It's about an hour away towards Hayworth Heath direction. It's amazing to see, you know, how people who are interested in seeing, like Isabella, so I don't know if people have read her book, but they're thinking about how to garden and also farm in completely new and different ways to support our world, really. It was interesting because NEP was not what I expected. I thought it would be kind of dancing through meadows of beautiful wildflowers and things, but it isn't. It's raw, rewilded landscape. Tons and tons of brambles there. So loads and loads of ragwort, which people kind of think, oh, I don't want that because it'll kill my horses. But actually, it, it really does support a huge range of pollinators and things. And, and of course, that goes into the food chain and beyond. It was fascinating to see how just stopping the use of chemicals over her fields and, and putting the land to use in a different way, they're generating so much more cash out of that landscape than they ever did when they were using it as an arable farm. I mean, tenfold by letting cows run wild, they have long horns there and, and they are kind of looking after the landscape and living off the land. There's no feed. So they're just living off whatever mother nature provides for them and Tamworth pigs running around. And, and um, of course there's venison. They have three types of deer. Yeah, it was fascinating to see. And, and actually the chaps that we were going around with saying that, that that buzz is starting to kind of attract the attention of other farmers with the importance of, of hedge margins and, and hedge so to kind of allow pollinators to pollinate your crops and, and not relying on this cycle of like, oh, I'll put chemicals on it and then actually now we need more chemicals and more chemicals and more chemicals and they're just void of lots of life. I'm not saying every farmer farms like that. They don't. But it's lovely that there are people who are influencing and, and because we, the public, are interested in that work because of being at home, that they're getting a much louder voice. It's marvellous. That's interesting. And it makes you money as well. It's not just that people want to be doing things for biodiversity. If you have got a large farm or whatever, it can generate you an income by, by being more in tune with Mother Nature. So I think that's marvellous because it takes it out of the zone of the rich hippie. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. So, you know, it actually makes financial sense as well as um, environmental sense. So hopefully government will start to listen then. Blimey, I've got on my soapbox tonight. Oh, no, it's really interesting. It's great to catch up with you again because you have been doing so much in the last six or eight weeks since we last saw each other. It's fascinating to hear about this and it's, it'll be interesting to see how that filters down to the general public with our gardening and how we do garden, what we think is important for gardening and how it's changing. Our, our well, viewpoint. we're all plant farmers is what we are. You know, we are. That's what we're doing. We're farming in our own backyards and, and we, the gardeners, we already appreciate all of this and the voices are getting louder and louder. So because essentially all of the things like rewilding and urban greening, they're all because the public is saying and showing we want plants in our lives. It makes us feel better. You know, doing the gardening makes us feel good. It gives us exercise. It gets us out into the fresh air and we're appreciating the world around us in, a, in new and spectacular and wonderful ways every single day. I feel very privileged to have been a part of this for the last mm. 25 years. You know, it is a vocation. <laughs> well, I guess now is also the time to think about how you want your garden to look yeah. next year as well. And I was just thinking, talking about rewilding and 
and meadows. We let a little bit of our side, we've got a side garden by our driveway and it's just basically a little, little sort of rectangle of lawn and in previous years we've mown it and mown it and it looks very nice when it's mowed but this year we just let it go thinking that's an area we don't use just let it go to to wild and we'll keep doing that I think but I might concentrate a bit more on what is going to be growing there a bit more yellow rattle and things like that for the meadow itself as opposed to just grasses to grow so it's interesting you know how I'm already thinking that's what I want to do for next year yeah no absolutely and I think I think it's lovely of people because one of the things about rewilding is it can take some of the stress out of your gardening because you have to do less <laughs> good so, point you know it's true <laughs> so point. you know and, and and to stop being quite so tidy actually so leave the edges a little bit messy so we do it here so certainly we don't have a big garden garden space it's kind of average size and um but I think the first year the grass can get a bit floppy and look a bit messy and floppy but if you leave it and continue with it it will start to kind of change and different species will come in and yet yeah, by chucking in things like yellow rattle and maybe putting a few plugs in there mm-hmm. so you will find that it will start to change and evolve in its own way but do you know Miss Wilmot's ghost who she used to throw eryngium seeds around the place it's like every time you go past something in your garden that you like why at this time of year where we're all collecting seeds so um you can just chuck some seed heads on it so just go and just sprinkle things out there and you'll be surprised what you might get yeah because the soil is still quite warm isn't it actually so it will accept those seeds yeah it's a good time of year to be planting you know this is the time of year where you as you say so rightly that you can start thinking about how you want your garden to look next year you can be digging up some perennials that are in the wrong place and moving them around dividing stuff you know get the bread knife out from the kitchen don't don't tell your husband so what you do and saw them in half and then you can get plants free of course and and you can plant all kinds of things including scattering those hardy annual seeds around and sometimes it's just worth just getting a few I mean I've got some lovely poppy papaver Lauren's great and I've been just scattering them around where I feel like and because it's quite quite exciting to see if any of them do come up literally you've lost seconds and of course soon you can be planting and selecting all your herbaceous perennials we can be doing that now and trees and shrubs and all sorts of mm. things as we go into the root board season of course but that's um, upon us i hadn't registered that yeah. actually but that yeah, is upon yeah yeah from november mm. so nurseries will be selling root board trees and and roses of course so great time of year yeah, to get your roses yeah it's a great time of year to get them because it's cheaper and if you haven't got your bulbs ordered yet that's a good time to order now too you might not get what you're kind of thinking you want but there'll be <laughs> you know what it's like if you go to any bulb supplier you're going to find something you like and, mm-hmm. and lots of them are discounted so you're getting kind of end of the lines and you might be the fan of something that you know trailblazers what everybody else has bought as sheep you know yeah, <laughs> so yeah. you find the brand new thing and at a discounted price so there is time but i just think nobody should panic and if That's you want to do thing. nothing don't do anything <laughs> but do get out into your garden i think that is good for you even if you just sit and watch <laughs> put a few bird feeders out something yeah, like that i was thinking about that actually mm. we stopped feeding our birds in spring so because essentially they were just making a right old mess everywhere and we started to get some rats which yeah. don't really want to attract yeah. 
but I am going to get all the bird feeders out and give them a good old wash down. And, and actually we've got some bird houses as well, some bird boxes, which I think we should get those down and give them a clean. I don't know if we actually had anything in them. I thought we did at one point, but I don't know if that was just make-believe. And that's an excuse to come out into your garden, isn't it? And then even if you're not feeling like doing any gardening, just getting out here to take that couple of breaths of fresh air can sometimes yeah. do wonders for you, can't it? Morning it? Morning inspection. Oh, do you know what I've just thought that I really need to do? Is start training my roses now so I can see where the limbs are. And so, you know, when they get all sticky and you really can't see what they're doing because they're just length. But whilst you've still got the leaves on, you can actually see where the roses are actually arching towards and it's all about trying to train them horizontally so that you get more roses so if you train them so they're parallel with the ground then you'll get more rosebuds coming up so that's a job that i might charge into the back of my borders and try and do as well with my week off next week so that's a good tip and it's a five minute job depends how big your roses are yeah how thorny they are <laughs> <laughs> but thick gloves so yeah so but yeah loads to do and you can just chuck some compost around as well the place have you got much in your veg garden at the moment no it wasn't very successful this year and i need to go through it to kind of tidy it up a little bit but i took all the beans down the bean poles came down yeah i haven't put green manure in i think i'm just going to get some manure and put that over the top this year yeah because the earthworms will bring it down you could do some phacelia you might just get that in that's really pretty but it doesn't really grow does it over the winter so no. but it just kind of I have got some stuff in. I've got some turnips in. Oh, good for you. Have you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you like turnips? So, well, mm, I don't know. I just thought I'd kind of be a bit retro. <laughs> <laughs> but they're growing away and I've got some beetroot and some shard and some purple sprouting broccoli, kale. Got quite you a lot, quite actually. <laughs> I tell you what did really well this year. I grew some little chilli peppers and a new variety for me. They were little strawberry ones and they went all different sorts of colours. So we had white and yellow and purple and orange and then eventually they all turn red and I had them in my little sort of cold frame greenhousey thing I've got on the side of my house and they were amazing they were ones I grew inside I think we did some in January or February yeah, yeah, yeah. early 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 yeah. took a while to get going I had far too many plants but I didn't want to get rid of any because I'm not very good at that so there's about <laughs> nine plants in this greenhouse all giving out these beautiful lovely colourful chilies. and they're not hot hot but they give you a bit of a kick they've been gorgeous this so what year. have you done with them if you've got well, loads of excess have you dried them or froze them or what have you done, done anything yet because they're still there but i know the time is getting short so we're either going to dry them out or we might make a chili jam something oh, like yeah. that with them chili um, jam would be nice wouldn't it i quite fancy that yes yeah. i do fancy that i've never made it before have you no no no, no i never have time to, to make jam no well i don't know when i'm going to fit it in i love the idea of it and i love the idea of it having it with cheese and some crackers and you know on a cold sunday but um but you yeah, were saying maybe. earlier that your raspberries have been brilliant this year. So oh, yeah, that's true. Your mind are only just starting now. So what have you been? Have you just wow. been eating them straight away? So. Well, if I go in the garden and they're there, yeah, I do. Yeah. I do pop a few because yeah. they're just like sweets, aren't they? Yeah. But um, no, our neighbours gave us some apples and some pears from their trees, and I made a crumble apple, pear, and autumn raspberry crumble at the weekend, Ooh. which was lovely. I remember you making really that lovely. last year, mm. I think, with raspberries in it. Yeah. How delicious! Really lovely. I oh. love the autumn raspberries i actually think i might get rid of my summer raspberries yeah because they're a pain you know why the, are they a pain because mine are autumn back well you can't cut them back to the ground right. with autumn raspberries they're brilliant yeah. once they're finished yeah that's cut it. them right back to the ground they don't look messy or ugly or horrible but with summer raspberries they grow on the previous yeah. year's 
cane. Yeah, so they look straggly. Just look straggly. And they keep sending their runners out and they end up in places where I don't want them to be. And, and it's just getting a bit messy. Where I'll I have give them. you some runners of my autumn bliss. So, because I'm bound to have some of those soon. I mean, I lost my raspberries when I neglected my garden completely, but I planted, I think, 10 down in the veg splodge. So I'm sure that I'm going to have some runners. So mm. I'll give you some of mine. Oh, so, please. yeah, yeah, no problem. I do so, love the autumn raspberries. I think they're tastier. Yeah, they are tasty. Ones. And they're so, a little sort of treat that you don't expect mm, this you just time go of year. And grab a handful. It's so delicious. I'd mm. love to, uh, my garden's not big enough, but wouldn't it be great if you had a big enough garden where you could just have a, a freezer bag in the freezer and just fill them up so that you could have raspberries mm. all the way through the next your own? Oh, gosh, I'm going to have to get a bigger garden. <laughs> I need more time, too. Don't, to be careful what you wish for yeah, is what they say, isn't Very it? True. So I can barely keep on top of this one. <laughs> well, how are your squashes? Because that was something. Oh, that I had two. About. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> but again, I really blame the summer. And I'm not going to give up. I really am not going to give up. So next year I will be doing even more of them. They just haven't been... I mean, my veg, like you, like my courgettes, I barely got any. So and then they, what happens is as soon as they get mildew, they just don't produce in the same way, do they? Yeah. So yeah. they kind of rot on the plants and all sorts of things. And because it's been so wet this summer and cold, we just haven't had enough of anything. But last year I had baskets full of most things i know i know it's not just me yeah <laughs> just this year just this weird it's mother weird nature she year. decided to kind of say right well i gave you a fantastic year last year when you needed it so now this year you've got to pay back payback time yeah. <laughs> well lots of plans for next year then hopefully yeah, yeah 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 absolutely and lots of time now after all of that to just spend time and enjoy all the autumn jobs in the garden so at my pace mm. which is going to be really good i think that's great advice you know as we go we're recording this at the end of october and we're going into november that's great advice to take for the next month six weeks and we'll be back for december we talking will. about oh i love christmasy things just and, bringing the whole oh, of the garden into the house essentially yeah, absolutely <laughs> dragging it all in all the branches <laughs> all the allium seed heads we've saved so yeah definitely i love it i'm Actually, going wild that's a good point because whilst it's dry cut them down mm, take them just pull them yeah, out they come yeah. out it's just a handfuls if you've still got any of them looking half good yeah good so, point hang mm. them upside down Is yeah that what that's do? what i yes. do so hang them in my garage upside down and then spray them all gold silver whatever brilliant i've, I've still brilliant. got mine from last christmas <laughs> hanging up in the garage so. Excellent. Well, we'll do that this month and then we'll look forward to spraying them in December. Yeah, perfect. Oh, it's nice talking to you, Anne-Marie. And really you. great to catch up. <laughs> Have a good month. And if you'd like to ask us a question or get in touch, we really would love to hear from you. So you can call us on 01730 or you can email us on team at shineradio.uk. See you next month. Bye. with Anne-Marie and Claire. New every month and only from Petersfield's Shine Radio. Explore the treasured countryside around Petersfield with Susie Wilde and her Labrador, Rain. Rain and I have come up into the hangars. Bablet, come along. Good girl. 
Join me as I walk with my Labrador through our varied county. I'm looking at a really beautiful, cloudless blue sky. Landscape is recollection too, and I love to share that with you for a few minutes each week. Oh, Ren, isn't this lovely? What might it be? Susie Wilde's Wild Walks. There, it went that way. New every week from Petersfield's Shine Radio and always online at shineradio.uk. Right, come on then, let's go.